0: I'm joined again this week by Brad McBride. He's an assistant district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in West Cleveland, specifically North Royalton. And today we're talking about something called beech leaf disease. Brad, how you doing?
1: Great, Doug. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. But I don't know anything about beech leaf disease, except I've just
1: heard it mentioned. What is it and how bad is it? Well, thankfully, its name somewhat describes what it does, and it it attacks beech trees. Um, Most commonly, the American beech, but in the landscape, you'll also find several varieties of European beech. You know, some that can have purple leaves like a copper beech. Tricolor beech is another one. There's a few other weeping varieties. But, you know, this first popped up in the forests, and the American beech is, you know, a pretty important tree in the Northeast Ohio forests. And that's where it was first noticed. And I do think that's where it causes most of its damages in the native American beech trees. And so when did this come about? Has it been around for a long time or is it something we just discovered? Uh, it seems like just yesterday. But, you know, as you know, time flies, especially when you're having fun. And look back in Lake County, Ohio, in 2012. So a little over 10 years ago, surprisingly.
0: And how far is it spreading now from Ohio? Has it spread of over our way
1: towards Pittsburgh or not yet? Well, as far as exactly Pittsburgh, I'm not certain, but you know, it's listed in Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Maine, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. But it doesn't spread as rapidly as some of the other tree major problems we've had, like Dutch elm disease, emerald ash borer, oak wilt. I guess oak wilt is somewhat of a, you know, regional thing as well. Well, with that list of states, it's
0: definitely in Pittsburgh. So, we've got it. Now, how do we know if we have it? Uh, if we have a beautiful I you know, first thing when I first heard this, I thought of Tricolor Beach. You know, you put that money into a fancy tree like a Tricolor Beach. What am I going to see if if I do have
1: this disease? Well, that's a good one to bring up because part of what makes that an interesting tree is the multiple colors you'll see in the leaf. And, you know, I guess you might see a variation between the veins and, and so it might be harder to tell on a tree, like a tricolor beech. but if you can identify a beech tree and you look at one and it's got a various amount of green striping, like if you hold the leaf up to the sun, you might be able to tell even better. And that, you might just catch that if you're walking through the woods and you look up and you see that the leaves have somewhat of a different color, different thickness, but it's mainly the symptoms are between the leaf veins. And so if you look at it, you'll say, oh, well, some of the veins are are between the veins is a little darker green, a little thicker. Some is a little bit lighter. So the leaf itself kind of looks a little bit splotchy in color, but it also starts to shrivel a little bit. So you get a, you know, various color banding and somewhat shriveling would be one of your first clues, but there are other pests or disease that can mimic or not, maybe not mimic, but you might confuse it with beech leaf disease. And some of those would be uh, woolly beech aphid, which, if you see the pest itself, you can't miss it. it the woolly beech aphid is also known as the boogie woogie aphid. And it looks like a little tiny white ball of cotton that actually moves and dances around. Now, if they weren't present, you might look at a leaf and see symptoms that are similar to what I'm talking about with beech leaf disease. Um, there's also iridium gall. Um, you know, not super important to know what iridium gall is but it also displays symptoms on the leaf that are similar to beech leaf disease and then beech anthracnose anthracnose is a fungus and it also causes a variation in the leaf color a little bit of curling maybe a little bit of shrinking shrinking or thickening of the leaf so basically you know those three different common problems for a beech can mimic beech leaf disease just due to the fact of how it changes the leaf and gives it a variety of color maybe a little bit of curling and maybe of various thickness or thinning of the leaf. Sounds like we need an expert like you to come look at our beech trees if we're
0: confused and see something different.
1: I mean, yeah, as an arborist, we feel like detectives. I mean, we're usually looking at so many different things and trying to look for clues combined with other aspects of the site itself and trying to come up with the best recommendation we can.
0: So from what you said, I'm assuming then that it is more difficult for a homeowner to diagnose this disease on something like a tricolor beech or another beech with a different, you know, colored leaf, not as easy to see as it would in the forest beech. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and like I said, mainly because of the ornamental qualities of the tree itself. And, you know, if you if you go into the woods and you start to look around you start to observe symptoms and then they start to become a little more apparent to you, you might notice that the smaller saplings are more heavily affected. And that's what, you know, Davey Institute of Tree Sciences Lab has been telling us, too, is that the younger trees are oftentimes hit harder. So, you know, if you have a standalone tree in, in your landscape, that is a concern itself. But, you know, the main concern is losing large portions of our forest. And, and you know, so what they're what they're seeing with their research is that the young trees are he- more heavily affected. And lower branches of mature trees are also affected. So you know what that says to me is that typically you're gonna notice it more because the symptoms are you know closer to your eye. The, the, the larger, more mature trees, um, way up in the canopy, it's usually slower to show symptoms. and so the the Davy Institute is basically telling us that young trees, their mortality rate is pretty high within the first five years, 90 percent or so. Um, they say will go if they're young saplings. Um, mature trees, it can be up to six to ten years. So it's a slower process than other, se- you know, severe tree problems like emerald ash borer, Dutch elm disease, oak wilt, things like that that will kill a tree rapidly. This does take longer, but um, it's 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 hit and miss. I mean, it's not something that you're seeing everywhere. Not everyone has beech trees, so we don't have a chance to work with it and see it evolve as rapidly as some of those other tree problems that we've dealt with before.
0: Is it always fatal to a tree once they they get that disease,
1: as far as we know? Not necessarily. And so some of the research that our institute is doing is on beech leaf disease treatment. It's a pilot program. And in 2016, Davey collaborated with the Cleveland Metro Parks and started doing a treatment with phosphonates. Phosphonate is a treatment that is a, is known to be, it's a, it's a dual threat type of treatment. It is a fertilizer, but it also acts as a systemic fungicide. And so this product, which you can't really put your finger on quite what it does, but it improves the overall plant health and defense mechanisms. So it will thicken the cell walls. It will somehow trigger the plant to recognize and defend against problems that they might encounter in the landscape. And that could be, you know, an insect disease, drought, things like that, that just overall increase the tree's resilience. So Davey developed a pilot program, started doing research. And in 2016, you know, through that research with the Cleveland Metro Parks, they found that the younger, younger trees responded favorably to phosphonate treatments. And the treatment program is two phosphonate treatments per year. So since they got the good you know, good results, at least encouraging enough to look into it further, they, in 2021, started a second research trial to see if phosphonate soil injections or soil treatments would benefit larger trees. Well,
0: I have oak wilt on my property, Brad, and I have two beech trees, and uh, I'm going to have to take a close look at that beech tree. With my luck, now I'm going to have beech leaf disease. What are we thinking for the future here as far as beech leaf disease is is concerned? Do we have any prognosis or are we just hoping for the best with the trials that we're doing? What What is your gut feeling?
1: Well, as of right now, they're linking it to a nematode, a nematode that's found on the leaf. And now they haven't proven that that's the, the causal agent or the vector you know, because they're not quite sure if it is symptoms from whatever the nematode has itself, or if it's a secondary virus or bacteria or fungus or something like that, that, that is transmitted from the nematode into the tree. So as far as what exactly is happening, they're not certain, but they have linked it to this nematode. And, you know, what I would say is what you, what everyone should be doing is looking at all the other aspects of what makes a healthy tree. And that same thing could be said about other trees with other problems like oak wilt or emerald ash borer that, yeah, certainly you could dial in and focus on that one specific problem, but you might be ignoring or passing up other things, other basic tree care measures that that are very important to healthy trees.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that since we're going there. What is the number one thing for you when you're thinking about and I know it's case by case, but when you're thinking of homeowners in general, what's the number one thing they can do uh,
1: to improve tree health? One thing, it's a phrase. Have you ever heard of the phrase "The right tree for the right place? Oh, yeah, doing this podcast, come
0: on, Brad. I, <laughs> I hear that every show. I probably say it every show.
1: So that's starters. You know, and nature does it best. So if you know if you're if you're in a forest setting, chances are you didn't plant that tree or, you know, no one that you know did. But if you're installing a beech tree on your property, you may want to look at some of the things that we know beech trees prefer. So you're looking at the proper soil, the right type of drainage, sun exposure, um, you know, exposure to prevailing winds or, you know, beach are uh, thin barked trees. So the sun exposure on young trunks, you know, with frost cracking, all that sort of stuff. So that's one thing we can do. But as far as, you know, let's say you move into a house that has a beech tree and you want to know how to care for it. Um, Like I said, certainly you can dial into the specific treatment and try to specifically target a pest or disease. But certain things like the soil health itself, you know, soil health is part of a plant health care program. So we look at the soil itself. Is it compacted? Is it heavy? Um, Does it drain well? Can we improve it? You know, has the tree been cared for properly with mulch over time? It, has it been mulched properly? Is there a need for a root crown excavation or a soil invigoration? You know, so that's one thing to start with is just whether or not the soil's in good shape, whether or not there's mulch there. And then we start talking about the two-step soil care program that we're really heavily invested in. And it just so happens that this is part of the key to treating beech leaf disease is the phosphonates. So part of our two-step soil care program is we recommend a biostimulant, called Adam's Earth, which feeds the soil, improves microbial activity, decompacts, you know, a whole bunch of good stuff. So that feeds the soil and makes the soil better. And then it's combined with phosphonate, which helps the plant um, improve its defense mechanisms. It's it acts as a fertilizer, it acts as a systemic fungicide. So it helps trees recognize and defend against all the common problems that you'll have in in the landscape. And then you know finally just making sure it's pruned properly and that You know, it's fertilized, it's irrigated when it needs to be irrigated. And if we do all those things and we take care of our trees the best we can, there's a good chance you're less susceptible to beech leaf disease and other problems that can cause your tree to to decline.
0: So even now, so I I misunderstood. Even now I could get that treatment, you know, before I see signs of the disease. I can get that. What was it called? Phosphonate? Is that correct? Yeah, it's
1: phosphonate. We call it our two-step soil care program because we're using a combination of humates, which is a lot of organic matter, other things that improve soil microbial activity, and then phosphonate, which acts as a fertilizer and, and, and a systemic fungicide. So we feel like that's best applied in the springtime because it improves the soil health, it improves the plant health, so that in the fall when we do our Arborgreen Pro deep root soil uh, fertilizer injection, then the, the plant is in better shape, the soil is in better shape, and those two treatments complement each other. When it comes to diagnosing a specific disease or a specific pest, the great thing about working with Davy tree arborists is that we have access to the Davy Institute of Tree Sciences Diagnostic Laboratory. and we can send in samples, whether it's soil samples to take a look at the composition of the soil, the nutrients that are in the soil, and make recommendations on how to improve that. or we're looking at plant tissue samples, whether we can, you know investigate the symptoms or damage under a microscope or that we suspect it's a disease and need to culture it in the lab. There's so many great things that come out of the Davy Institute of Tree Sciences and the laboratory that, you know, gives Davy an advantage in the green industry on diagnosing and treating specialty things. But like I said, I mean, I think it's very important to not ignore the basics. And, you know, obviously, you know, you could be waiting for the cure for a disease, any type of disease, you can name it, or you can learn how to prevent it and do the best you can to to lower your odds that this type of disease or problem will affect you. You know, something's going
0: to come down the pipe at some point. It always does. And that, that's sage advice. Definitely. When talking about your trees, tell me a little bit, you know, I, I ask arborists all the time about the good part of their job, about the telling people that, Hey, we can do this. We can do that. We can save it. But tell me about the, the hard part of going to a property and have to tell them something like that like you've got oak wilt or you've got beech leaf disease and you know time's up for this tree
1: is that hard the the hard part is convincing people to fully commit you know because a lot of times the people you're working with or even yourself you're just hoping that the one suggestion you you think is the right one is going to solve the problems so that's the hard part is convincing people that we need to be comprehensive that we need to go from the ground up, no pun intended. And if we skip something, okay, that might help us diagnose down the road. But as long as the expectations are set and there's no expectation that one treatment will fix every problem, then I think it makes the relationship better and you start to build trust. And, you know, that's the best you can do is just be honest, be thorough and use your resources that you have available to you.
0: You know, before I let you go, just tell me a little bit about what you get out of your job. Because you obviously have a passion for it and obviously also have an interest in the science part of this, too. So tell me a little bit about that, what you get out of doing this for a living.
1: Well, I mean, when I was a teenager, I knew I was going to do be in the green industry in some way. I loved landscaping. I loved cutting grass. And I worked for a bunch of small companies. And then when I came came to Davy Tree, I saw how much better of an organization it was and how much pride I could get out of my career if I fell in line with the company values The, you know, use the company resources and realize that I didn't, I, there's no way I can know the answer to everything. So that's why it's great to have a company with such great resources and, you know, feeling confident about the company itself, the research that's being done, the solutions that we sell, and just, you know, investing myself in what the company has already done for me is, you know, that it's challenging, but it makes it interesting. And, you know, it's just every day is a learning opportunity. And so, You know, when you when the challenges present themselves, you just dig a little deeper, find, you know, solutions that you hadn't thought of before, combine other services that you haven't thought of before, and then just put it all out there and uh, don't don't cut any corners. And I think that's that's the key to success.
0: Well, Brad, if you love cutting grass, the next time the Browns come here to play the Steelers (laughs) and you come watch, I'm inviting you personally to my property as long as the, the, the season is right. And I'll get you hooked up with my mower, okay?
1: <laughs> sounds like a plan. I, I would probably enjoy myself.
0: All right, Brad. Thanks again. It was great to talk to you again. Yep. You too, Doug. Thank you. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss an episode if you do. And do you have an idea for a show or maybe a comment? Send me an email to podcasts, that's plural, at Davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.